All right, guys. Welcome back to Willie Talk Sports. This episode is going to be about the NBA, all things NBA, the free agency, the trading period, and of course, the big kahuna, the NBA draft. Now, joining me again is the man of the hour himself, my, my, my boy, Christian Ventura. Christian, say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, glad to be back again. Uh, looking forward to talking about uh, the NBA and the tough season. All right. So um, the first topic that we want to discuss right here and the first topic that we really want to touch upon is uh, the NBA draft. And we want to talk about, of course, the three big guys coming out of that draft. Of course, I'm, I'm referring to Anthony Edwards, um, James Wiseman, and of course, the man himself, LaMelo Ball. Now, Christian, I want to hear your thoughts on these three gentlemen and what you think they will bring to their respective teams. Uh, well, my thoughts is, is well, first of all, let's talk about the uh, choices by these teams. Uh, Anthony Edwards is, in my opinion, uh, the most talented player in the draft. He's not the most flashy like LaMelo Ball is. You could definitely build a franchise around any one of these three, but of the three at the time, the most talented is Anthony Edwards, and that was a good choice by the Timberwolves to pick up. Uh, LaMelo Ball is, like, he's him being a guard would have conflicted with him playing next to D'Angelo Russell, so it was good that the Timberwolves didn't just choose uh, the, in my opinion, the second best or most talented player in the draft. Uh, and my favorite pick of the three, personally, uh, is James Wiseman from the Golden State Warriors, um, and that's because it, the one hole that the Warriors need needed to fill in their team was a big man, and the best big man in the draft was James Wiseman. Not too flashy of a player, um, not the most talented player, but definitely w- looks like he'll work well around uh, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson when he comes back from his unfortunate injury, and some of the other players that were picked up in this offseason. Uh, what are your thoughts, Willie? Now, my thoughts are as follows. Um, I agree with you 100% where Anthony Edwards is definitely one of the most talented people I've ever seen in college basketball. Um, you know, the Timberwolves, you know, I, I kind of expected the Timberwolves to go for Anthony Edwards just because they really needed a shooting guard. And I think that Anthony Edwards, of course, fit that spot really well because, of course, he is a shooting guard. So, um, and, and they really needed someone to compliment, you know, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. And I think that Anthony Edwards is definitely, you know, going to be that – that that guy to compliment the both of them. Um, you see, the pick that I actually really like, and, and I'm going to have to disagree with you on James Wiseman, the pick that I really like is the Hornets going with LaMelo. Um, and, and, you know, you're probably, all of you are probably asking yourselves right now, Willie, why? You know, they already have a guard in, um, in, uh, in Charlotte. And yeah, you are right. They've got Devontae Graham. You're right. But... Devontae Graham or LaMelo Ball, who do you think is going to be the real standout star? Who do you think is going to be the one to have people wanting to come to Charlotte? LaMelo. People are going to want to play with LaMelo. Even though LaMelo is a very controversial figure and, you know, because of, you know, who his dad is, LaVar, and, you know, who, who his brother is, Lonzo, of course he's going to be a controversial figure no matter what. But I think that that's going to help the Charlotte Hornets get those free agency picks or those free agency acquisitions that they really needed at this moment in time. 
And I agree with you there. He was definitely the best uh, offensive uh, player in the draft. Uh, very good playmaker, very good passer. Uh, definitely someone that's going, probably going to be the best player in the draft overall once it's all said and done. Uh, at the moment, Anthony Edwards is the best player, but um, LaMelo Ball definitely, in my opinion, has a higher ceiling than Anthony Edwards. And it was a great pick by the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, it's someone that they can build around, someone that they have a future around, and uh, it's just a great pickup by them. Now, I did, now I'm glad that you mentioned uh, – well, I, I, I'm not glad that you mentioned it, but um, Clay, Clay Thompson's unfortunate injury. Now, I did want to uh, talk about that a little bit, but first I wanted to hear your thoughts on that and, you know, what you think the Warriors are going to be doing moving forward now without, of course, their best player. Well, their second best player out there on the field or out there on the court. Well, the Golden State Warriors are still one of the best teams in the league without Klay Thompson. They have a top five player in Stephen Curry. They have uh, the number two pick in the draft, James Wiseman. They had just picked up Kelly Oubre Jr., great pickup. He's yes. one of the best three and D wing players in the league, in my opinion. They still have Draymond Green, who they can still – uh, utilize on their team. He's still a great fit. Or they can tra- trade to a different team for better pieces to work around Steph Curry. Um, it, they're, they're still going to be a dangerous team, uh, regardless of whether Clay Thompson's there or not. Uh, Clay Thompson's the difference, in my opinion, between the number one seed and the number two seed. And we'll get onto that more on later. Uh, back to you. Uh, did you have any other talking points about the draft that you wanted to bring up? Um, I I did want to talk about uh, the Knicks and how awful they've been at drafting. Um, the only other really, like, good player that the Knicks had, had picked in a draft was Christoph Porzingis. And my man Porzingis, he was fantastic for the Knicks when he was with them. And, and he did great things for their team until – the Knicks, being the stupid organization they are, decided to trade him away. And now look at him. He's prospering in Dallas with Luka and all of that. And, you know, the Dallas Mavericks are looking like a great team, like they haven't been already. Of course they have. Um, but I did want to talk about Obi Toppin because I do like Obi Toppin and, and, and I like that pick for them. But, you know, I remember the conversation that me and you were having back and forth during the draft when you said, oh, you know, Knicks, starting point guard, need starting point guard, end up picking a power forward. And you are right, because the Knicks are just so awful when it comes to drafting. Um, when you need a point guard, you need a point guard. This doesn't automatically mean, oh, yeah, let me go out and get a power forward. I want to hear your thoughts on that. So at the time of the draft, uh, it definitely looks like they need a starting point guard. But what the Knicks uh, – franchise or ownership was probably thinking is that there probably aren't many bigs in the future draft classes to come. Uh, Not many great bigs. Obi Topin was probably one of the best bigs that's going to come in the next few drafts, which the New York Knicks have several picks in the next uh, few drafts. And the next few drafts will probably be guard heavy. And that's when they'll be able to start uh, picking better guards for their team to build around Obi Topin. But Obi Topin, aside from the New York Knicks needing a starting point guard, Obi Topin was a great pick. Uh, 
easily the most talented uh, pick and roll big man uh, in this draft class. Uh, big lob threat. Uh, still hits 39% of three balls, so he's also a good stretch big. It, it's a solid pick by the New York Knicks. Not what they needed, but it's not like they're going to win or compete for an NBA uh, title in the next coming years. I agree 100%. Now, let's get into uh, free agency here. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Um, first of all, um, I did want to talk about this because it was probably one of the bigger stories coming out of free agency. Uh, Dwight Howard uh, signing a one-year deal with the 76ers. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that, my man? Um, it's, it's a solid move by the 76ers. It's not too flashy, not too big of a move. Not it, but it's not small by any means. Uh, it's a Dwight Howard's a good backup man to give uh, Joel Embiid some rest, and he definitely needs it. Uh, the 76ers and Joel Embiid haven't had much presence in the paint, and Dwight Howard's going to provide that off the bench. It's he's did great during at least during the regular season with the Lakers, uh, not so much in the playoffs, but um. He's, he's going to provide that presence in the paint to take the load off of Joe Embiid's shoulders. Now, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, not only the whole Dwight Howard going to the 76ers, but Dwight Howard posting on Twitter that he was going to stay with the Lakers in the offseason. And uh, he ended up just basically going behind their backs and signing a deal with the 76ers. Now, you said that you, now you said that it was a good pickup for the 76ers, but I wanted to, to get your thoughts on Dwight Howard doing that to the team that he said that he would stay with. So you asked me, Dwight Howard wants to stay with the Lakers. The Lakers didn't offer him the money that he wants. And that leads to him getting frustrated going to a team that's going to pay him bigger money. Dwight Howard already won his ring. He already won his championship that he's been yearning for years and years, ever since he's been in the league. Uh, now he wants money. He's about to retire. He's going to need it uh, for his future. Um, good move by Dwight Howard. Um, in my opinion, I feel like that was kind of a snake move on his part. Now, don't get me wrong. You are correct when you say, oh, you know, he, he's about to retire soon. You know, he, he already got that, that ring and that championship that he was yearning for for his very long career here in the NBA. And I'm very happy for Dwight Howard. And I'm very, very happy that he was able to, 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 you know, win that title that he was so desperately yearning for and how, you know, he was able to be a part of a championship contender. Um, but I feel like if you, if you say something, if you say that you're going to do something, you better be ready to back it up. For example, you know, when Dwight Howard said that he wanted to stay with the Lakers, I think that he should have stayed with the Lakers if that was his original intent. And I understand that, you know, money could have played a factor, you know, like you said. Um, but regardless, you know, they could have worked out a deal somehow, some way, and they could have had Dwight stay. Um, but, yeah, that's just at least my opinion on that. Yeah, Lakers are looking for bigger pieces than Dwight Howard, and we'll get into that when we talk about uh, the rest of the offseason. But uh, Dwight Howard didn't provide as much as he could have in the postseason, and I think it was just a mutual separation between the two. It wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't a sour breakup. It, it was just, I want more money. We can't provide you more money. Thank you for helping us win a ring. 
Uh, hope you go on to live a better NBA career and uh, play the best basketball that you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see where you're coming from there for sure. Now, I do want to talk about probably another big story coming out of free agency, and that's Mr. Freddie Van Fleet himself getting one of the biggest contracts, I believe of all time, if I'm not mistaken, $85 million to stay with the Raptors in Toronto. I, want, I uh, wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Like, Well, what you're thinking, Willie, is that uh, it is uh, one of the biggest contracts of all time, but of an undrafted player. Uh, Fred Van Vliet is, is an undrafted player. Uh, and this is the biggest contract that any team has ever offered an undrafted player. And it's rightfully, it's rightfully earned by Fred Van Vliet. He was part of the championship core for the Toronto Raptors back in uh, early 2019. He was a heavy contributor to them being a second seed uh, throughout the 2019-2020 season. It's well-deserved, well-deserved by Fred Van Vliet. And, and the way I look at it is that, you know, Kyle Lowry is not getting any younger. And while Kyle Lowry can still play ball and he can still do great, great things, eventually he's going to have to hang it up one day. And that's where Fred Van Fleet will come in and he will take over. And, you know, Fred Van Fleet has been an amazing, amazing piece for the Raptors. And I'm glad that they gave him that, you know, they gave him that well-deserved, you know, bag for him to stay in Toronto with them for the foreseeable future. Yeah, much was deserved. Personally, as a Heat fan, I would have loved if friend Fred Van Vliet would have signed a contract with the Miami Heat. He's he's just that versatile of a guard, and he can do everything that you expect in a championship guard. Now, speaking of the Heat here, um, we missed out on one of the major players that we were looking for in free agency, and that was Mr. Danilo Gallinari, who ended up signing a deal with the Hawks. Now... I was actually, as a Heat fan, I was very, very upset about that news um, because I really did want Gallinari to come here to the Heat. I thought he really could have contributed very much so to to Heat culture. Um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on Danilo going to the Hawks and signing a deal with them. So Gallinari stated before leaving the Thunder, he wants to join a contending team before uh, uh, instead of staying in the Oklahoma City Thunder. What doesn't make sense to me, if you take everything at face value, is this year the Oklahoma City Thunder are a five-seed team, and this year the Atlanta Hawks were a 14-seed team, if I'm not mistaken. The Atlanta Hawks, as they were this year, they were not a contending team. Now, what the management probably talked Gallinari into doing, or signing with them, was some of the other free agents that were they were pulling, which actually... It, very, very interesting team that Atlanta has going on for them now with all the uh, pieces that they're bringing in. They brought in, uh, aside from Gallinari, they brought in Rondo. They brought in Dunn. They have Trey Young already. They already have Clint Capella. That's a solid lineup. That's, in my opinion, just brink. It's still a brink playoff team. If you ask me, uh, it's a 9-8 seed East team, but it is a contending team. It's a team that uh, Gallinari can go to Trey Young still up and coming. He's still going. He was a sophomore this last year. He's only going to get better. It, it's it's a very interesting team. It, Atlanta Hawks are looking very well right now. Um, 
again, going back here to the Heat, um, we did end up resigning a couple of in-house guys. Um, we ended up resigning Myers Leonard, and we ended up, of course, resigning the Dragon, uh, Goran Dragic. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on those uh, re-signings by us, by the Heat, um, because I know that I love them, and I love seeing Goran back. Um, Myers Leonard didn't really contribute as much as I would have wanted him to, but it's still good to see him back at least. Okay, so I'm going to tell you my what I wanted from the Heat this offseason, and I'm going to explain why I think the Heat did it this offseason. What I wanted from this Heat offseason was to re-sign Goran Dragic, uh, re-sign Jay Crowder, who unfortunately left to the Suns, and trade Kelly Olenek, possibly Kendrick Nunn, uh, let free, uh, Myers Leonard walk in free agency. That's based on how I thought they played. Now, that didn't happen half of the way. They did re-sign Goran Dragic, which I'm exceptionally happy about. But we re-signed Myers Leonard and not Jay Crowder because Myers Leonard wants minutes. He doesn't care that much about money. He doesn't care that much about um, – he cares about winning a champ- championship. Uh, but he – just wants to play for a team that he enjoys playing around, which we could provide that with the Heat culture, which we hear so much about. The Miami Heat are saving for Giannis Antetokounmpo next offseason. And anybody that was saying, I want a three-year deal, I want a four-year deal, I, I even want a two-year deal with a player option, the Heat were turning down. That's most likely the reason why we didn't re- get Gallinari. And in my opinion, really smart move. We kept our championship core, even though Leonard didn't play in the off season or in the postseason that much this year. He was part. He was one of the main reasons why we made it to the playoffs in the first place. The best stretch big, in my opinion, can shoot the three ball like nobody's business. He's uh, can grab rebounds when he wants to, but uh, that's mainly Bam's job. He's a solid big, uh, much in my opinion, an upgrade from Hassan Whiteside two years ago uh, as an overall player. Not necessarily as a big, but as an overall player, Leonard is definitely an upgrade from uh, Hassan Whiteside. I I personally agree 100%. Um, Hassan Whiteside, when he was down here, he did do some good things, but most of the things he did were very, very bad. And I think Hassan Whiteside... You know, he found his groove with other teams, just not with us. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had too much of a chip on his shoulder, and that messes up with the number one reason why the Heat are always so competitive every year, and that's the Heat culture. Uh, we're a grit and grind team. We not might not have two or three superstars or stars on our team, but maximum effort from uh, jump ball all the way to the last buzzer. It's just uh, nonstop hustle from every single player starter or bench and Hassan Whiteside he just had a chip on his shoulder he thought he was better than everyone he wanted more minutes and that just disrupted uh how the Miami Heat tend to play I agree 100 percent um you know when you look at this core Heat team now especially you know with the young guys mixed with the with the veterans in there um you know everybody gets along on this team like I've seen interviews with you know Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, and those guys just get along so well, and they're freaking hilarious together. Um, you know, just that's, that's, in my opinion, what a team should be. That's what the embodiment of a real basketball team should be. Everybody getting along, everybody working great together. 
um, everybody, you know, wanting to contribute. Exactly, I agree. Uh, something I wanted to ask you, Willie. A uh, couple of uh, free agents that were notable to me. Um, uh, the Lakers really hauled in a lot in free agency. And it's a little bit off to me because they just won a championship. Try and keep the core. That's That should be your main focus. But they're trying to improve their team. So the free, or the Lake, the free agents that the Lakers picked up this offseason were Montrezl Harrell, Mark Gasol. They re-signed Contavious uh, Cadwell-Pope. They signed Wesley Matthews from the Milwaukee Bucks. And they re-signed Markeith Morris. Or, yeah, Markeith Morris. Uh, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, why do you think they uh, decided to go big rather than keep their core pieces? So I think the reason that the Lakers decided to, to go big this offseason, as you put it, was very, very simple. And it's for a very simple reason. Um, they want another title. And, I mean, I know that's pretty obvious to everybody hearing us right now that the Lakers want another title. But they want to get better. Because if you, if you look at it this way, the bench that the Lakers had last year was not really the best. I mean, yeah, you know, you had Rondo come in and, you know, play really well in the postseason. You know, even Alex Caruso and Contavious Caldwell-Pope really did, you know, um, influence and really did contribute to that uh, Lakers playoff run. Um, but when you look at Marc Gasol and you look at Montrez Harrell and even Dennis Schroeder, who you forgot to mention there, but that's okay. But yeah, Dennis Schroeder coming in as well. Yeah, I didn't mention him because he was a trade rather than a free agency right, signing. Yes, of course, my bad. Um, but, yeah, you know, Dennis Schroeder coming in and Montrez Harrell and, and you know, Marcus Gasol. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, the Lakers thought that those players would be the ideal players to bring them another title. Okay. So I wanted to ask you another question. And this regards to uh, trading the trade season rather than the free agency. Uh, signings. So I'm going to list off a bunch of trades that happened within this offseason, and I want you to rank the top three that uh, provide the biggest impact to their respective teams. So these are the trades that I took the biggest notice to are Chris Paul to the Suns, Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers, Drew Holiday to the Bucks, Stephen Adams to the Pelicans, Kelly Oubre to the Warriors, Danny Green to the 76ers, and that was a one-for-one swap practically for Horford to the Oklahoma City Thunder and Robert Covington to the Blazers. Which three stand out to you? So the three that really stand out to me, of course, number one is Chris Paul to the Suns. Um, I think that the Suns got themselves an amazing player. And, yes, Chris Paul is, is getting on the old side, yes. But Chris Paul can still play at a really high, high level. And he showed that to us in the finals. Uh, or, or he showed that to us in the, in the playoffs. Um, you know, he, he showed that he's still that same Chris Paul that he was, you know, years ago. The young Chris Paul, the one that we all fell in love with uh, back in, you know, back in, you know, 2010 and all of that stuff. Um, so I think that the Suns really got themselves a great piece there with Chris Paul. You know, he, he'll play, you know, I, I think he'll do really well with Devin Booker and, you know, he'll – show him the ropes a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, Number two is definitely Drew Holiday to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, 
as a Heat fan, I wanted to see Drew Holiday come to us. But I understand what the Bucks are doing. The Bucks are trying to get great players around Giannis so he doesn't leave. Now, spoiler alert, I still think the man is going to leave. But that's besides the point. The point is the Bucks want to get people around Giannis that they think, you know, will bring them some sort of, of greatness in the playoffs instead of being like not a one and done team, but, you know, being eliminated like in the second in the second round. So Drew Holiday to the Bucks, I think, was a great move for Milwaukee. You know, really get that that you know piece that you really need to 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 go a little bit more over the hump. And okay. number three, um, number three, I would have to say is um, Kelly Oubre to the Warriors. Um, you know, of course, after Clay's devastating injury, you know, they needed somebody to, to step up and take that spot. And I think Kelly Oubre is the, the best possible player that the Warriors could have brought in for that. Because as you said yourself earlier in this podcast, you know, he's, he's a, you know, he's a great big man shooter. You know, he, he, he does great things uh, behind the arc. Um, you know, so Kelly Oubre was definitely a great pickup, in my opinion, for the Warriors. Yeah, great th- uh, three and D player. He's not gonna make up completely the slack that they're missing with Clay Thompson's injury, but uh, he can fill the void that Steph Curry can can't. You know, right. um, Steph Curry can pick up the slack for what Clay Thompson's missing and anything else that they need. Kelly Oubre is right there to back him up. Uh, so another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the top five best and worst free agency. Uh, or not free agencies, uh, signings, off-season teams. So I'm going to give you my five from each, or I'm going to start with the five worst off-season teams, and then I'll go into the best off-season teams. Uh, what I mean by this is not necessarily which are the best teams after the off-season, but which teams made the best off-season moves based on what they need in the future. So my top five worst off-season teams, in my opinion, are number five, I got to have the Hornets. The Hornets, yeah, they did draft LaMelo Ball. He's a start to come. But they offered uh, Gordon Hayward too large of a contract. If you want to build around a player in the future, you can't be offering big money to mediocre players like Gordon Hayward because then you can't sign people to – build around a future star player like Lamelo, And uh, they did that with a co- couple other pieces. I don't know the names off the top of my head, but Gordon Hay- Hayward was the biggest name uh, that came to mind. Uh, he got a $65 million contract, huge contract for Gordon Hayward. That's why he signed with the non-contending team Hornets. And that's why I have them at number five. They're not the worst off-season team, in my opinion, but they were up there because of that. Uh, any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of completely agree with you. Aside from the fact of what you were saying about Gordon Hayward, I don't really think necessarily that Gordon Hayward is a mediocre player. I think he's good for what he is. But I do agree that they offered him too big of a contract. Um, you, know, you know, if anything, like you said, you know, you could have offered that money to somebody a little bit bigger and somebody that, that you know, you needed to fill in a void. Because let's face it, uh, the Hornets don't have a center. 
I mean, I mean, yeah, they have a center, but it's Cody Zeller. They need a they they need another center. You know, one that can, you know, actually do things out there on the on on the court. You know what I mean? Right. Now, going on to my number four worst uh, offseason team, and this is going to come as a shock to a lot of people because we were just talking about this team and how great of a pickup they made. But I have the number four worst offseason team as the Bucks. The reason I say that is because the Bucks needed to throw everything away, and by that I mean throw all their money away to get pieces around Giannis. When the only piece you can get around Giannis is Drew Holiday, that's not a championship contending team, especially considering that next year we're going to have the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant led Brooklyn Nets. We're going to have an even stronger Lakers team on the Western conference side. The Warriors are coming back and they really needed another piece, like a backup for Brooke Lopez, like a Marcus Gasol behind Brooke Lopez or a Montrezl Harrell as uh even a stretch small forward or a backup small forward or a power, backup power forward. Uh, bringing Drew Holiday as the only big piece to the Bucks, that's not enough to cut it. Uh, my prediction, Giannis leaves 2021. Uh, can't say for sure which team I think he's going to go to. Of course, I want him to go to the Miami Heat. Uh, there are two or three other teams that I think he could potentially sign with, but um, I don't see him staying with the Milwaukee Bucks past this season, which in my opinion – that's the reason why he hasn't signed a Supermax contract, which he's el- eligible to sign at any moment, and he still has it. Uh, your thoughts on that, Willie? Yeah. Um, I agree that the Bucks are definitely not going to be a championship contender because while I do admit and while I do agree with Drew Holiday being a great pickup for them, I have to admit they did give away a lot. They gave away Eric Bledsoe. They gave away, I believe, Dante DiVincenzo. And, you know, that kind of leaves a big hole there. You know what I mean? Like, they don't really have – and they get and they got rid of George Hill as well. That kind of leaves a big hole there, like the point guard position. I mean, what's going down there? Like, who, who are you guys going to get now at your, at your point guard position? I don't know. Like, like, that just seemed like a really, like, desperate move for the Milwaukee Bucks just to get people around Giannis that will make him happy to stay there. But – like you said yourself, Giannis is leaving in 2021, and he is definitely going to go to – I mean, I'm not going to say he's definitely going to go, but he might come here to Miami, which I really, really hope he does. Um, like you said, I, I've heard a couple of other teams, you know, are showing interest in Giannis. Um, all I can say is that I hope he comes to the Heat and he, you know, he brings us a, a ring. A ring. <laughs> yeah, if he comes to Miami, I uh, foresee a ring. Uh, in our future, especially if he stays with us long term. Uh, going on to my number three worst offseason team, in my opinion, I have the Sacramento Kings. And this is basically for one reason. Um, in my opinion, De'Aaron Fox isn't worth the money he got, especially considering he might not be interested in staying long term. It looks like he might be interested in staying long term because he signed a five year uh, contract with them. But Let's be honest. He did it for the money. He knows he's not going to contend uh, for a championship uh, in the in Sacramento. But he heals on his way out. Uh, he's already showed his uh, discomfort playing in a bench role for Sacramento, especially because he's a starting caliber shooting guard. He's at the same level, in my opinion, as uh, guys like C.J. McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, what are your th- thoughts on that? Um, 
Yeah, I, I completely agree 100%. While I love De'Aaron Fox and I, and, and I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the way he, he, you know, he plays ball. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, them signing him, you know, the, the Kings signing De'Aaron Fox to such a max deal and such a long-term contract, um, you know, when Buddy Heald wants out of there, um, you know, that's something that's going around the rumor mill, the rumor mill but something I think is, is definitely true. You know, Buddy Heald is, I mean, Buddy Heald is an amazing player. That man deserves to be starting on a team that will give him the time of day, on a team that will appreciate his services. And apparently the Kings don't appreciate his services. Right. And personally, I would have loved to see Buddy Heald in a team like the Bucks, for example, given Giannis another solid piece, another shooter to work around. Uh, just someplace where he would have gotten a starting role. Definitely better than a guy like uh, – Wesley Matthews as a whole. Uh, Wesley Matthews is a much better defender than Buddy Heald, but Buddy Heald would get a starting role in the Milwaukee Bucks because of his uh, three-point shooting ability and how well it would work around Giannis. I mean, he won the three-point shooting contest this year over guys like Trey Young, Duncan Robinson. Uh, I can keep going on, but uh, yeah. Uh, my next two, or I'm going to go on to my last two uh, worst uh, offseason teams. At number two, I have the Rockets. And I say this because although they did pick up DeMarcus Cousins, which this did happen, they picked up Boogie after I made this list, but I still have them at number two. They are losing James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And whether they lose them in free agency or lose them in trade, they're being too nitpicky about who they want. I've seen multiple reports about they are not getting James rid of James Harden unless they get a Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant caliber player. And when you have a guy that's leaving anyways from your team, you have to start a rebuild, not a retool. Um, same thing with Russell Westbrook. His trade value is way too low, especially considering he has the largest contract in the NBA. Um, and they are not making any moves to – start rebuilding they need to start a rebuild like oklahoma city thunder and they're they're just doing it the right way and the rockets are just doing it completely wrong and i wanted to hear what you had to say about that yeah um you know man like the rockets um i mean i'm telling you man the rockets are uh in a fiery crash right now like 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 their organization is just becoming like this fiery explosion um, I mean, you know, you've got James Harden and Russell Westbrook wanting to leave. And, you know, that is definitely something that, you know, the, the Rockets are definitely not going to be happy about, especially since Harden, I believe, has gone on record saying that he wants to go to the Nets and compete with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Um, and Russell Westbrook just wants out of there because, I mean, he's Russell Westbrook. I mean, he deserves way better than, than you know, what the Rockets have been doing because if I'm not mistaken, the Rockets have made the playoffs, of course, but they haven't gone anywhere near what they have been projected every year to be. Like everybody always predicts that, you know, the Rockets are going to be going to, you know, the finals and that, you know, they're going to be finally contending for a championship, but it never happens. And I think Russell Westbrook and James Harden are getting sick and tired of it. They want to be on a team that's going to contend and they want to be on a team that's going to win a championship. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, 
the furthest they made it was the Western Conference Finals back in 2018. And that was with Chris Paul on the team. And that's because Chris Paul is a great facilitator. James Harden's a great scorer. But you can't have two very ball-dominant guys uh, working together. It just doesn't mesh well. It does not. And, of course, they don't have any bigs. And for the last team that I have is the worst offseason team, in my opinion, of the Detroit Pistons. Now, nobody knows what the Detroit Pistons are doing. Aside from drafting Killian Hayes at, I believe it was the number, number seven pick, they're just picking up in trades and free agencies. They're, they have the biggest team in the NBA. It's, they don't need a big team. Like They have, if I'm not mistaken, five centers, four power forwards, and just a couple, a handful of guards and uh, point guards and shooting guards. It's it's just an atrocious team. It looks like they're trying to retool, like I said about the Rockets, but they just need to rebuild. They need to start getting their picks together, start rebuilding a team around one player rather than just trying to get solid role players. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100% with that. Um, the Detroit Pistons are, in my opinion – if you know, if you want to look at the Detroit Pistons like this, think about them like the New York Jets of the fucking NBA. Um, the New York Jets are currently zero and ten. Um, they are atrocious in every way, shape, and form. They're atrocious on defense, on offense, and coaching, and fucking just just their fan base alone too. Um, and you know that the Jets kind of remind me of the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons are one of those teams that just have no freaking idea what the hell they're doing with their team, with their organization. They just have no idea. They're completely lost. They're clueless. It's like dealing with a freaking lost puppy. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, I have one honorable mention. I don't want to delve deep too deep into it. Uh, one honorable mention for one of the worst offseason team, the New York Knicks. Uh, we covered it a little bit earlier. They needed a point guard to at least – cover a hole that they needed uh granted they picked up obi Topin. that's not why that that's why they're not on this list but uh i think they did pick up some uh solid draft picks with obi Topin and emmanuel quickly um not the worst offseason but not the best they have a lot of cap space uh they have a lot of money they can offer to big free agents and they just have they've just pissed in their cereal with that one they haven't signed anyone big uh that they can build around I, I agree with that one. I also agree with that again. Um, I actually really would have wanted to see either Tyrese Halliburton or even Cole Anthony go to the Knicks because I think that those two players really could have um, impacted that team in a huge positive way. Um, and don't get me wrong. I think Obi Toppin is going to, you know, contribute and be a big, you know, um, a big uh, contributor for the New York Knicks. But I really think that Tyrese uh, Halliburton and Cole Anthony could have been a little bit more positive contributions to the Knicks than Obi Toppin. Right. So now going on to the top uh, best uh, offseason teams, I'm just going to go through them quickly and quickly explain why I think each of them had a great offseason. At number five, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. At number four, I have the uh, Phoenix Suns. At number three, I have the Portland Trailblazers. At number two, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. And at number one, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, just to quickly go over them, uh, the 76ers did what they needed to do in providing shooters around uh, Joel Anthony and – or 
excuse me, Joe Embiid and Ben Simmons. Uh, they got Danny Green, who even though he had a very an infamous uh, brick in the NBA Finals, he still is a solid shooter. Um, he's not the best shooter. He's a solid shooter, someone that uh, it can at least be a good supporting car- or a supporting uh, player around those two because the main pieces are Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, uh, one reason, one reason only, uh, Chris Paul. He's going to be – he's not only a great player, he's a great leader. He's going to be able to uh, teach up Devin Booker, show him the way of the game. Devin Booker is still still a young player. Uh, he's only going on to his fourth year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they also picked up Jay Crowder from the Miami Heat, which um, – is also another great veteran player to surround Devin Booker with. Uh, very aggressive in the paint, can shoot the ball. Um, just good player, in my opinion. Now, now, I actually wanted to get your thoughts about that. Do you think Jay Crowder is going to be a day-one starter for them, or you think they might start uh, Sarich instead? No, absolutely. Uh, Jay Crowder's easily, in my opinion, if the Suns are looking to win, uh, Jay Crowder's a starter day-one. Uh, if you watch his performance, at least, especially in the Milwaukee Bucks series, he was the main defender against Giannis Antetokounmpo. The, our secondary defender was Bam uh, against Giannis. But Jay Crowder is the one who locked down Giannis. And if you want that defensive presence around uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who are – Chris Paul's a uh, – pretty above average uh, defender for a point guard, but Devin Booker's lackluster defender makes up for it in offense. But as a lackluster defender, you want a strong defender in the power forward slot, you put Jay Crowder above Dario Saric. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, um, I did want to get your thoughts about this because I had just remembered this. Um, But the Boston Celtics signing Jason Tatum to a max deal. Now, I mean, of course, we kind of expected this considering that Jason Tatum is their superstar and a man, and a man that they want to, you know, revolve their franchise around. But I wanted to get your thoughts on that and if you would put the Celtics at an honorable mention for the best offseason team just for something like that, even though it wasn't big or flashy. You, It's like you read it straight out of my head. My two honorable mention teams for the best offseason teams, one of them was the Boston Celtics. And it is essential and crucial that you give a guy like Jason Tatum. He's going to be probably a top five player in the league someday. Once LeBron and Steph Curry leave the league and all those big guys leave, he's going to be a top five player in the league. You want to make this guy happy. Uh, Donovan Mitchell also received the same, actually the exact same offer. uh, Five year max extension, uh, max rookie extension. Those are moves that you do if you want to be a championship contending team. And that's why I have the Celtics at an honorable mention. Uh, Another reason I have them is because they signed Tristan Thompson at the center spot. He's not the most flashy center, not definitely not by all means, not top 10 center, but he's a solid center in what they need. They need rebounding. uh, They need uh, interior paint defense. And Tristan Thompson can provide that, even though he's Daniel not Tice. a great Daniel sport. Tice, yeah, Daniel Tice was definitely not that for them last year. While Daniel Tice is not bad by any means, I think them bringing in Tristan Thompson is definitely, definitely a way better option than Tice. Right, especially since you have a – they arguably have, at least 
last season, not this season in particular, but last season they had the best starting five, in my opinion, most well-rounded starting five. Uh, They had at point guard, Kemba Walker, shooting guard, they have Marcus Smart, uh, small forward. uh, I forgot who it was. I know Jason Tatum's at power forward. Uh, Center, they had Daniel Tice, but it's overshadowed by the amount of talent that you have at those four starting slots. I believe if I'm not mistaken, I believe the small forward was Gordon Hayward for for a while until, of course, he ended up getting injured. And then I believe they brought in Jalen Brown, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was actually. uh, He was actually their starting shooting guard, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, over Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart was their bench player. Gordon Hayward was their starting small forward. And then. Jason Tatum at their power forward. So, yes, uh, thanks for the correction. Uh, So going on to the number three slot for uh, best offseason team, I had the Portland Trailblazers, and they just had a plethora of signings and good moves that they made. Um, They signed Derek Jones Jr., great great bench player, um, provides the defense that the Portland Trailblazers need. off the bench, at least, provides them more depth. Uh, there were a couple of, couple other moves I can't remember off the top of my head, but they, now they have a really well-rounded team. Um, I, I completely agree. You know, um, um, there was actually um, – I believe they also re-signed Carmelo Anthony, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm actually very happy with that signing, considering that I'm actually a pretty big Carmelo Anthony fan. I love Carmelo. I love – you know, what he did with the Knicks and what he did with the Nuggets, you know, back in the day. Um, I think that I think that re-signing for them was great, too. And it was also great for Carmelo. Right. Yeah, that, that was another one of the signings that I was really happy about. Uh, so a couple, I just found it now uh, in my notes. And a couple of other players that they signed were Robert Covington, who before this, he was in the Houston Rockets. And before that, he was in the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Great defender. Uh just also uh, above average score, just great player at the small forward spot to uh, fill the holes that Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum needed plugged in. Uh, like you said, Carmelo Anthony was re-signed. Like I said, Jones Jr. was signed. They also signed Ennis Cantor from the Boston Celtics and re-signed Rodney Hood, who's at, he's a solid uh, role player. You can't complain about having Rodney Hood about, on your team. No, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. You're you're correct, and I think that Rodney Hood really came into his own, uh, you know, last year coming into this year in the 2019-2020 NBA season. I think he, I think he did great things for the for the Portland Trailblazers, and they saw it and they noticed, and they gave him, you know, his contract, what he deserved. Right. And going on to the number one team that I have as the best offseason team, and it was a big surprise to me because. I did not expect this this team to make as big of a slash this soon after they won a ring, but I have the Los Angeles Lakers at number one. Uh, They received Dennis Schroeder from a trade. Uh, They got in free agency Wesley Matthews, Montrose Harrell, Marcus Gasol. They re-signed Markeith Morris. Uh, It's just a solid, if not the best starting five lineup now in the league. Um, Dennis, if you look at their starting five now, it would be Dennis Schroeder at the point guard, Wesley Matthews at the shooting guard, 
LeBron James at small forward, Montrezl Harrell at power forward, and Anthony Davis if he re-signs with the Lakers, which he still hasn't yet, but he's most likely going to, in my opinion. Uh, you have Anthony Davis at the center. And this is so much firepower that they brought into L.A., and the only thing they lost for that was Rondo to, I believe it was the Hawks that Rondo went to. Uh, Avery Bradley, which, great player, went to the Miami Heat. Very happy about that, by the way. Yes, also very happy about that. And the third and only last player that they lost was Dwight Howard, which they replaced him with Marc Gasol. Great, great center at the backup center spot. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, I, I, I almost forgot to mention this as well, but I believe we, the Heat, also signed Mo Harkless as well. Yeah, we did sign uh, Mo Harkless, which is intriguing because last year in the four-team uh, four trade deal that we had to receive Jimmy Butler, Mo Harkless originally came to the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler. So it would have been Mo Harkless and Jimmy Butler coming to the Miami Heat, but it panned out that Mo Harkless went to the Portland Trailblazers instead. But Mo Harkless, the minutes that he got, he's been a decent player. Uh, not a standout player, but enough to fill in the spot that uh, Jay Crowder left for sure. Well, more so Derek Jones, because it's a little bit harder to fill in the uh, shoes that Jay Crowder did for us. But Derek Jones, uh, his slot is going to be filled by Mo Harkless. They practically practically do the same thing. It's um, it's uh, we had a hole in our rotation and we filled it with Mo Harkless. Great pickup. And more so happy about the Avery Bradley pickup that we got. Yeah, of course. Uh, Avery Bradley, two-time NBA all-defense team. Um, you know, what do, What more can you say about Avery Bradley? Just that, you know, I mean, because, of course, Avery Bradley is going to be coming off the bench for us. But I think Avery Bradley coming off the bench, he's going to do some great things for this Heat team and for Heat culture. Yeah, I think he's going to, uh, in my opinion, if you ask me, he's going to start off as a bench player. He's going to show that he's uh, still the two-time, uh, still a two-all-defensive team. Like, he's deserving of that, those awards, and he's going to earn his way back to the starting shooting guard spot, uh, possibly with Tyler Hero at the uh, point guard spot. Yeah, Avery Bradley's a great defender. Uh, Tyler Hero is a great offensive player, great scorer, great slasher and they'll complement each other very well uh, on the court. 100%. Um, but, you know, back to the Lakers, you know, I'm, I'm also with you where I was uh, very, very surprised that they decided to go with, with, um, with these big moves so soon, especially after just winning a, um, a ring. Um, and I'm very surprised myself that they still have not re-signed AD which is still very surprising to me. Um, I was expecting them to get that done right off the bat, and they still haven't. Um, you know, that to me is a fucking crime. I mean, like, Anthony Davis is probably one of the best players in the league right now, in my humble opinion, at least. I'm pretty sure you, you have to agree as well, correct? Right. If you ask me, when everybody in the league is healthy, AD is probably sixth or seventh best player, if you ask me. Definitely easily yeah. top ten player. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that's actually a question that I wanted to bring up to you here. And, and, and I think that we could have a pretty good discussion about this. Um, do you think the Lakers will get around to re-signing Anthony Davis? Do you think that Anthony Davis will leave if, you know, the Lakers don't re-sign him soon? 
there's no way Anthony Davis is leaving the Lakers. Uh, he just won a ring there. Um, he's going to re-sign with them. He's probably just dipping his toes into free agency, seeing what other teams can offer for when he, if he does want to leave LA. Uh, but he's, in my opinion, most definitely staying in uh, LA, at least till LeBron leaves. That's probably why he hasn't re-signed, in my opinion, is because LA wants to offer him a five-year deal, four-year deal, and he probably wants to only sign a two- or three-year deal until LeBron retires uh, because maybe he wants to go to the Chicago Bulls, which is his hometown team, or he wants to go to another team like uh, the New York Knicks or so. Uh, you just never know. It's it's a world of possibilities with actually stars like this. Yeah, um, I actually have to disagree with you on that. Um I actually think that Anthony Davis, I know this is going to be a hot take. It's definitely going to be a hot take. I think he may leave. I, I, I truly think Anthony Davis may leave. Because for a man who, you know, who talked all that talk about wanting to re-sign with the Lakers and, you know, wanting to stay with the Lakers again, and he still hasn't re-signed, that to me is kind of a huge sign of somebody maybe not wanting to go back, maybe wanting to dip their toes into free agency, like you said yourself, and maybe wanting to see what other teams offer. And if he has a great offer for another team, he might take it. Right. And that's definitely a possibility. I personally don't think that's the route he's going to go. I think he'll stay in the Lakers a couple more years and then leave the Lakers once LeBron leaves. But I think for right now, he's staying put, if you ask me. Hmm. Um... Was there anything else that you wanted to mention besides, um, you know, those those four uh, the four best offseason teams in terms of like trades and stuff like that, and the five worst offseason teams? So one thing I did want to cover with you was uh, my seating predictions for the next year, and I wanted to see your take on which teams you would flip flop. Uh, I think our seating predictions will be relatively the same, with the exception of a few teams being switched rather than uh, where I have them. But um, I'm going to start with the Eastern Conference. So I'm going to start from the bottom at 15. At number 15, I have the Pistons. Uh, this year, they were the 13 seed team. I see them dropping to the 15 seed team. Just a lot of offseason, bad offseason moves that they made. Uh, Cavaliers, I have at 14. They were at 15 this year. They are a stagnant team this offseason, but not as bad of an off, as of an offseason as the Pistons. So I see them going one roster or one seating up and being a one or two games above the Pistons. 13, I have the Bulls, which last year they were 11. Number 12, I have Knicks, which last year they were also 12. Uh, I see them saying stagnant because of their uh, draft signings in Obi Topin and Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, 11, I have Hornets, which they were 10 last year. 10, I have Wizards. They were 9 last year. Magic, I have at nine, they were eight last year. And at number eight, I have the Hawks, which were they were 14 last year. And I see that because they have a much better, well-rounded team uh, around Trey Young. Now, going on to number seven and up, I have at number seven, I have the Pacers. Uh, they haven't made as big of an off-season splash as the teams above them. Um, but I think they'll stay stagnant. Um, which is they, they stayed stagnant this offseason, which is why I see them going lower because they didn't have that nice of a team aside from Rudy Gobert. And, uh, oh, no, the Rudy Gobert was in the Jazz, excuse me, uh, aside from having uh, DeMontis Sabonis and so on. 
Uh, number six, I have the 76ers. Number five, I have the Raptors, which is a big change because they were just number two. Number four, I have the Celtics, which they were number three. Number three, I have the Heat, and that's because uh, this year was a pretty rough year for them. They lost to teams they shouldn't have beat. They beat the teams uh, they shouldn't have won, or the games they shouldn't have won, they won those games. But I think they'll win all the games they need to in this coming season. Number two, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. And number one, I have the Brooklyn Nets because of the return of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are right about that. I agree with some of them, um, except uh, who'd you have at number 10 again, if you don't mind me asking? At number 10, I had the Wizards. You see, I'd actually bring the Wizards down to 11, and I'll move the Hornets up to 10. And I'll tell you why. Um, the reason that I move the Hornets up to 10 and I move the Wizards down to 11, at least for me, is because, like I said, LaMelo Ball is going to be a huge, huge, huge contributor for them. Because think about it. Who, who else do they have on that team that's pretty good? You know, you've got, um, I believe, which, which one of the Bridges brothers is on uh, Charlotte? Is it Miles or McHale? It's uh, Miles. Okay, um, you know, because you've got some good playmakers on the Hornets. Don't get me wrong. You've got Miles Bridges. You've got Devontae Graham. You've got, um, I believe, Malik Monk is still there, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yep, Malik Monk, P.J. Washington, now Gordon Hayward. Yeah, so I think that the, that the Hornets have made the, the right moves and the necessary moves to go up a little bit more. Definitely not a playoff team yet by any means, but they're getting close to it, I think. Pretty close. Not not there yet, but eh, a smidge. Personally, I have the Wizards ranked above the Hornets because Bradley Beal is one of the best, if not top five, best scorers in the league, in my opinion. Uh, easily the biggest all-star snub. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, missed the scoring title this year by two or three points. I don't know who beat him to it. I believe it was maybe James Harden. Uh I can't remember off the top of my head. Bradley Beal is the one who's kept him at the number nine seed this entire year. And I have him at 10 because of the Hawks' uh, surge in the offseason this year. But Bradley Beal is too much of a force to be reckoned with right now. I think LaMelo Ball is going to be an all-star in the coming seasons, but I don't think he's going to be an all-star this soon, which is why I have the Wizards slightly above the Charlotte Hornets. Now, I do agree with you on your three and four uh, seeds. Um, I do think that the Celtics are going to be number four for sure because I think the Heat will take over that top three seed. Um, you know, I just think the Heat are such a great, well-rounded team. And I'm not just saying that. Be, I mean, I might be saying that because my bias is showing. But, you know, in all honesty, I think that the Heat themselves are just such a great team regardless. You know, they've got that Heat culture, of course, you know, which which gives them a, 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 a big advantage over other teams, um, you know, just with the, with the way that we play and the grit and grind that we show each and every game. You know, we always have the, you know, you know, like you said yourself earlier in the in the podcast, um, you know, you said that that, you know, from jump ball to the to, to the final to the final whistle. 
you know, we play with, with everything in our, in our hearts and we play with everything in our being to be the best team that we can possibly be. Right. And keep in mind how the Miami Heat were playing in the playoffs. That's the level of playing play that they're going to start off with next year. Game three against the Boston Celtics, how Tyler Hero played, we're going to see that much more often because he's had the opportunity in the playoffs. So now he's going to do it much more often in the regular season. Jimmy Butler established himself as a bona fide superstar like we like we talked about in our last podcast. He's on the level, in my opinion, of Luka Doncic, of uh, above guys like Bradley Beal, John Wall. Uh, he's just top 10 player in the league. If you ask me slightly above Nikola Jokic in terms of how much he impacts the team, Bam Adebayo is going to step it up next year. He's going to be an even bigger impact on the team. In my opinion, he's going to average 22 points for the heat next year, rather than just 16 and average about 14 rebounds. He's going to, he, they're always looking to improve in the Miami heat and they're going to be a hard team to stop. Now I'm not too sure if you've heard the rumors about uh, the heat possibly trading away uh, Bam Adebayo. Um, I personally am not a fan of those rumors. I don't like those rumors. Um, I do not want Bam Adebayo going anywhere else. I want him to stay put here in Miami. Um, I want to hear your thoughts about those rumors and if you think there's any validity or truth to them. There, you ask me, my unbiased opinion as a Miami Heat fan, there's no way Bam Adebayo is moving through a trade. The worst case scenario I see for the Miami Heat is we're waiting to give Bam his rookie max extension that the Celtics have given Tatum and that the Jazz have given Mitchell. We still haven't given that to Bam. The worst case scenario is Bam gets frustrated because he's not getting that extension and there's no certainty that he's going to be healthy throughout the rest of his career. And he goes on to another team in free agency, but he's a restricted free agent. So any team has any team that wants Bam has to match our offer. And we're going to offer him the max as soon as he comes into uh, uh, 2021 off season. And we're just waiting on the 2021 off season because we want to sign Giannis, Giannis for the uh, max contract. And then we have the room to sign Bam with that max contract. Of course, of course. Um, I, I, you know, I personally think that we're waiting also for for this uh, season coming up because we want to see how well Bam plays again this year. And 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 you know, for sure, I think that Bam Adebayo is going to play amazing this year as he did last year. Um, you know, I I just think that we're waiting to see um, if Bam will continue that level of play heading into this season and going into next year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's in the same class as Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has only gotten better ever since he came into the league. It's no exception for Bam, and Bam knows this. Bam has to get better, and he will get better as the years go on. He's going to provide more. He's going to push us to the uh, playoffs, higher seeding that we got this year. We're a five seed this year. My lowest that I see the Miami Heat, in the playoffs this year is a four seed, but that's only if the Celtics just dominate throughout this year. But I see the Miami Heat dominating, considering what we did in the playoffs. If anybody's still uh, sleeping on the Heat, uh, uh, you better year, get your head examined. Yeah, just just watch the reruns of 
the Bucks series, the Celtics series. I'm not even going to say the Pacers series because they were a much weaker team than us. They had no reason being a higher seed than us. We gave that to them so we can have a higher draft spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gave them that fucking pimp slap. Yeah, <laughs> and we're we're just going to dominate. There's no there's no way that we're going to be any lower than a four seed, and that's. And, 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 and uh, you know, hear me out here. Bold prediction, I know. Probably another hot take, but I think the Heat are definitely going to make it to the finals again this year. And you know what? I'm going to say it. We might win. Um, realistically, I think they're going to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals at a minimum. Considering that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are coming back from injuries, I can't guarantee that we go to the fin- finals again. And that pains me to say because I'm a diehard Heat fan, but Kevin Durant is just unstoppable, and that's hard for me. So to is say. Kyrie Irving. Yeah, well, Kyrie Irving can be managed uh, with the right defender, like Jimmy Butler can defend him pretty well. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, or, 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 or if if we decide Jimmy Butler to guard KD instead, which could also be another case as well. Right. But KD is just too unstoppable of a score. I personally don't think anybody in the league can keep him to what he's capable of, not even Giannis. And Giannis is our best chance at defending KD if we ever want to make it to the finals again, which I think we it's a possibility that we make it to the finals again. I'm hoping for it. But that's why we're making such a big push towards Giannis in the 2021 offseason is because – Nobody is stopping KD once it comes playoff time. And and honestly, you know, I think that that's what we should be doing, of course. I think we should be, you know, reaching for Giannis in the offseason because, you know, like you said yourself, that is definitely going to be our, our big next great shot to get to the finals again by getting Giannis, by, by you know, um, bringing him into heat culture. Now, I've had a lot of my friends say, um, I mean, of course not you, because, you know, you're a very big supporter of Giannis coming here to the Heat, as am I. But I've heard some of my friends from work telling me that they don't want Giannis to come here because they don't want us to revolve our offense around him. And I simply think that's not true. Yes, while Giannis may be a different case all on his own just because of his size and because of just his dominant power and strength, I don't necessarily think we'll have to revolve our offense around him. Um, I, 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 you know, I want to get your take on that. So Jimmy Butler is not averaging 30 points this year. Bam Adebayo is not averaging 25 points this year. They're both capable of averaging that many points. They don't because of the system that we have in place. Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley don't work around their team. They work around the opponent's deep uh, weaknesses, weaknesses. And that's why we have superstar level players like Jimmy Butler only averaging 20 to 21 points a game is because we pass the ball, we share the wealth, and we win games. That's how the Miami Heat wins, and I think Giannis is willing to take that stat decrease in order to win. Uh, Jimmy Butler was willing to, uh, and look where it got him, all the way to the NBA Finals, six games against the best team in the league, arguably. Yep. Um, so I did want to get into uh, your your seeding ranks for the Western Conference now and where you think, because I, I think this one is definitely going to be very, very interesting as well. Okay. So 
for the Western Conference 2020 to 2021 seeding predictions. At number 15, I have the San Antonio Spurs. Last year, they were number 11. At number 14, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were number five this year. At number 13, I have the Sacramento Kings. They were 12 this year. At number 12, I have the Houston Rockets. Uh, they were four this year, and I'll explain why later. Number 11, I have the Memphis Grizzlies. They were number nine this year. Number 10, I have the Utah Jazz. They were number six this year. Number nine, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are 14 this year. Number eight, I have the Phoenix Suns, and they were 10 this year. Number seven, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. They were 13th this year. Number six, I have the Denver Nuggets. They were number three this year. Number five, I have the Portland Trailblazers. They were number eight this year. Number four, I have the Dallas Mavericks. They were number seven this year. Number three, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. They were number two this year. And number two, I have the Golden State Warriors. They were the dead last team, number 15 this year. I have them at number two. And at number one, I have the Los Angeles Lakers at taking the one seed. And they, of course, they were the number one seed and the reigning NBA champions. That's my seeding predictions. Um, I I agree with all of that. Um, who uh, uh who was the team that you had at number two again? Number two, I had the Golden State Warriors. Yes, I I definitely agree with them being number two. You know, going from dead last, like you said last year, back to you know where they belong. I think, which is you know number two. Um, you know, while Clay, you know, because. If if we're being honest here, and I know that you'll probably agree with me, um, actually I don't know if you will or not, but um, you know, if Clay were still healthy and he was a part of this team this year, there's no doubt in my mind that the Warriors might have been number one. Right, and I completely agree with you. Uh, that was the difference between putting the Warriors at number one, and at on my list having them at number two was having Clay Thompson. Uh, back and fully healthy. Uh, unfortunately, during practice, he suffered a season-ending Achilles injury or uh, ACL injury. I can't remember which one, but it it takes him out of the team for the rest of the season. And it's very unfortunate because I really like watching Clay Thompson play. Very fun player to watch. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, think about it. Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry, they are known as the Splash Brothers for a reason. They, you know, they complement each other so well out there on the court that, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, just missing one or the other is, you know, just a big blow and a big hit overall to the team itself. Right. And it, it, it's just really unfortunate. I, aside from when Kevin Durant was there every other year that Kevin Durant wasn't there, uh, the 73 and nine Golden State Warriors teams is one of my favorite teams in recent history to watch, aside from obviously the 2011 through 2014 Miami Heat. Um, now, I did want to ask why you have uh, the Memphis Grizzlies so low, even, you know, with their young core behind them, you know, like Jared Jackson Jr., uh, you know, to a certain extent. Um, and, 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 of course, you know, rookie of the year, or not rookie of the year because I believe that was a couple of years ago, but uh, John Morant. That was this year. Uh, John Morant won oh, yeah, rookie that, of yeah. the year this year. Um, so they do have some great young pieces that they're going to build around in the future. But the teams above them that I have 
Utah Jazz, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, Phoenix Suns, and the New Orleans Pelicans in particular, they already have a well-established team. You look at the New Orleans Pelicans starting lineup, at center you have Steven Adams, at Zion Williamson, you have, or at power forward you have Zion Williamson. That's already these, not the best front court, but the strongest front court. No one is scoring in the paint against those two. You have to rely on your three ball when playing against the Pelicans. Uh, looking at the Phoenix Suns, their recent pickup of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder that already adds some experience and immediate talent to the Phoenix Suns. Um, and not to mention the Phoenix Suns had a perfect uh, bubble uh, seeding games. They went 8-0 and in all their seeding games before the bubble. Unfortunately, they missed the playoffs. I think they should have made it because of their perfect record, at least been in a play-in tournament to earn their way into the playoffs. But Devin Booker alone won eight games against very strong teams. And having that help from Chris Paul and Jay Crowder and uh, some other pieces around him, it, it it's just going to push him above the edge, above guys like uh, the Grizzlies, who their best player is John Morant. And the other team that I have above them is the Timberwolves, uh, of course, with their recent pickup of Anthony Edwards that immediately provides him just instant talent to the Timberwolves who already have Carl Anthony Towns, one of the top five centers in the league, and D'Angelo Russell, who's a very shifty, great uh, playmaker of a point guard, uh, easily one of the top ten point guards in the league. And there's just a lot of talent around that team where you just it, – it's, it's going to be a shame if they don't make it to those seeds or higher. Now, now um, I might be mistaken here, but uh... – did the, did the Minnesota Timberwolves, by any chance, bring back uh, Mr. Ricky Rubio? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ricky Rubio was in the Suns this last year. Uh, they were Ricky Rubio was traded to the Suns about two years ago, to the Suns, and the Suns just recently traded him this offseason, actually, and I can't remember which team he's on now, but he's not I don't know, on the it Suns. Was, it was like the weirdest thing, yeah. It was the weirdest thing because I think uh, I think 2K was messing up a little bit because they had Ricky Rubio in the starting lineup for the Timberwolves for whatever reason, and they had Anthony Edwards starting at the small forward position. Right. 2K has never been reliable. I mean, every time I, I turn mean, on that game, Jimmy Butler's still an 88 rather than a 93. So. Yeah, which, which by the way, will really piss off. I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but this is something that really pisses me off about fucking 2K. Whenever I, I freaking log in the game and I'm playing with my, with my beautiful team, the Miami Heat, um, they fucking make them out to be like these goddamn jabronis. I swear to God, why? Why must you do that to me? Uh, like I said earlier, people just keep sleeping on the heat. It's hard to put the intangibles into a video game, and that's very unfortunate, but... I mean, we already know what we're capable of. We're capable of going to the finals again, even this year. So. Exactly. Um, I mean, anything else you wanted to bring up or, or, or that was, you know, really, really uh, all of the things that you wanted to bring up at this moment in time? Uh, no, that's all of them. Uh, unless you had any final comments on any of the seeding predictions that I had. Uh, that's um, all I have. I mean, yeah, I mean, other other than, um, you know, maybe me wanting to see the Memphis Grizzlies a little bit higher just because I'm a huge fan of John Morant. Um, I mean, other than that, I agree with every other uh, seeding uh, ranking that you had there as well. I think they're all very, very um, accurate, I think, to what is possibly going to happen this season coming up. 
Um, you know, final final thoughts from you on uh, what you're expecting from uh, this season coming up and, you know, what you want to see? Um, this season, in my opinion, is the final season before the NBA makes a drastic change. Uh, I think Giannis is leaving uh, the Milwaukee Bucks next year. I think Anthony Davis is leaving the Lakers this year. It's going to be a lot of power shifts between teams. And this is going to be a filler year before we start to see the best of the NBA, like we saw back when uh, Kevin Durant was facing off against LeBron James in the finals back in 2012, or we saw Tim Duncan against LeBron James in the finals, or Kevin Durant against LeBron again uh, with the Warriors and the Cavaliers. It's just going to be a major power shift uh, the following year, but this year is going to be a year where these big players see where they stand, see where they want to play, and it's just going to uh, shape the future of the NBA. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Um, my final thoughts as well on this uh, on this upcoming 2020-2021 um, NBA season are, yeah, it's definitely going to be a huge, huge difference from all the other NBA seasons that we've had prior, you know, especially, you know, with the whole coronavirus pandemic. And, um, you know, like you said yourself, the massive power shifts that are going to be occurring between uh, teams this this coming offseason, this coming 2020-2021 offseason. Um, Giannis, of course, definitely leaving the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know, Giannis himself knows that Milwaukee is not the place for him. He knows that, you know, he wants to go somewhere where they will actually be competing for titles year in and year out. And um, that's why I think he's going to be coming to the Heat because he knows what a great team that we have. And he knows, I mean, for God's sake, he played against us. He knows what a great team we have. He knows how much grit and grind we have. And he wants to play for a team like that for sure. Um, I definitely think that this year is definitely going to bring a massive, massive, massive change to NBA seasons to come. And, you know, a lot of people might not be ready for it, but eventually we're all going to have to get used to it. Right. And I agree with you. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to the coming years of the NBA. Uh, it's the only thing really I look forward to watching aside from, uh, watching football games, Dolphins games on Sunday nights, Sunday afternoons. But at least the NBA gives us a chance to have something to watch every day or every other day. And it's just the most entertaining thing to watch for me personally. Um, now, you know, before we get off here, one final parting thought here um, that I think will be a good final conversation uh, stopper to this uh, podcast. Um, of course, we know how great LeBron James is. Of course, we know that this man is going to be a future Hall of Famer. But I actually wanted to get your thoughts on something here. Do you think LeBron James retires next year, or you think he's still got enough left in the tank for maybe two more years? Um, for the last, I want to say four years, I almost guaranteed that LeBron was leaving the next year. And... He always surprised me and came back the next year and was just as dominant the, the same year that he was the very last year. Personally, if you ask me, I think at Max, he has three years left in him. The moment he becomes not talented enough to be to 
where he's put in a role player spot. I think that's where he retires because he doesn't want uh, an impact on his legacy. He doesn't want to be a role player. Uh, once he stops playing at that best player goat level, that's when he retires. And I think he only has about two to three years left in the tank. So what age do you think he will be when he retires? You think he'll be in his 40s? Yes, he'll be in his 40s. Okay. Um, so you don't think he's going to retire next year at all? Like after the 2021 offseason, you don't think he'll retire at all? I think there's a possibility, but I never count LeBron James out. I want to say what realistically he's going to retire after two more seasons. He's got two more seasons of championship runs, probably wins an NBA Finals next year, and then the next year after that, he's not at the level of play that he needs to win another NBA championship. He loses the NBA Finals, and he leaves it at that. Or he wins two in a row, two NBA Finals in a row, and ends his career on a high note. Um, either way, I think he ends his career in the year 2023. Ah, ah that, that, that's actually very interesting that you say that because if I'm not mistaken, I believe that either that year or the following year is when his son, Bronny, will come in to the league. Um, If I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, and there's a lot of speculation that LeBron wants to play with Bronny. Uh, which is why he might go on to play for three or four more years. Um, the first year he plays with Bronny, uh, he'll play one year with him, possibly win an NBA title with him, and then leave it at a 21-year career. But and 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 I guess you could say he he will pass the torch to Bronny to continue his legacy. Right, and uh, not sure if Bronny can live up to his dad's expectations or his dad's shoes, but um, he's definitely got. Uh, NBA career ahead of him, considering what he's done in high school. Oh yeah, for I mean, I I think that Bronny has been fantastic in high school from the highlights that I've seen of him. I think he I think he's looked fantastic, and I think he's got future NBA All Star written all over him. Yeah, it's in his genes. It, it'll be a disappointment if he if, if he doesn't yeah. make All Star level. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially considering who his dad is, the legendary LeBron James. Yeah. It'll be a disappointment if Bronny doesn't live up to those expectations. And you know what? It is lofty expectations, and it is high expectations for such a young kid coming into the league. But I think if anybody can silence the critics and silence the haters, it's the son of LeBron James, the man who silenced haters and critics all his whole NBA career. Right, and that, that's a spot-on prediction. Um, so, yeah, guys, um, that's really all we had to talk about uh, here for you know this episode of the podcast i wanted to thank my boy christian for coming on and talking nba with me you know he does a great job as always um you know he's so articulated and 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 well-spoken when it comes to this um i'm just glad to have him on here whenever we talk about basketball and just sports in general yeah it's a great pleasure to be on here i really love talking about what i really what i'm really passionate about i'm glad uh willie can have me on here and I'm looking forward to future episodes where I can give my take on NBA topics, rumors, or issues. All right, guys. So thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, it, it, it was a great time here, as it always is, with my man Christian. Um, you know, just talking NBA and, you know, talking, talking uh, you know, trades and rumors and, and drafts and free agency and all of that. Um, any, any final words you want to say to the audience, Christian, before we on head, head on out? 
Uh, just make sure to tune into Willie Talk Sports next time that an episode comes out, whether it's about NFL or NBA. Uh, be sure to tune in. It's always interesting, always, uh, always a good show to listen to. I really thank you for that, sir. I, I really, really appreciate it. it. Um, but yeah, guys, um, peace out and uh, tune in uh, next week for the next episode. Not too sure what it's going to be about yet, but you guys will be the first to hear what it's about, as you always are. All right, guys. Take care. Take care, Christian. Um, We will hopefully come on here again.